Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 362 on Tuesday, the 3rd of November, 2020. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where at least one of us needs to remember not to insult the PR on Twitter just before a car launch they're really looking forward to, we'll be talking about the charged-up discussions over TFL funding, discussing also another future licence drama for OEMs, and explaining some of the ways you can help Mission Motorsport this weekend. But first, we leap into some follow-up, and it is the news that Ford are going to recall all their Cougar FEVs, which, if you remember back in August, they removed from sale of new ones and told existing owners, please don't plug them in because there was a risk of that there fire, which apparently is not a good thing when it comes to cars. So what they've done is they have drilled down into all this with their supplier and found out that there's been uh, contamination in the uh, in the battery packs which is quite a, or the battery cells, sorry, to be Mm. precise, which is quite a loose term and can cover a lot of issues possibly there. But but the the short answer is that they are going to take out the, the transmission battery pack and they will, or the drive battery pack, and they will replace it wholesale. They will get in touch with everyone, and this is starting in December this year and should be finished by March 2021, they hope. Yeah, step in the right direction anyway. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's hampered Ford massively because it's stopped them selling in America. Yes. Well, they got to the bottom of it. Um, but now they at least know what it is, and they can they can at least move forward and tell people, yes, you can have a car now. <laughs> Take us to London, Alan. Yes. Well, not by car. <laughs> Uh, or not if I don't want to pay a significant surcharge. The congestion charge, temporary increase, continues to be a temporary increase to £15 a day instead of £11.50. But following up from what we discussed the other week, the congestion charge zone uh, will not be extending to the north and south circular roads. No. I think they're going to keep saying it's going to and going to and going to and not actually refuting any any stories about that until when they finally say it will be to the north and south circular roads, we'll all just go, oh, all right then. I think it could also be like the fuel duty, one of those those vague threats yes. that they'll never actually execute on because they don't want to be voted out. Yeah, well, the thing is that the whole administration of it, when you get wider and wider and wider, it gets harder and harder and harder because the the number of entrances and exits to the congestion zone will increase exponentially. Mm. So it becomes exponentially more expensive to manage and maintain as you go out and out and out. So, you know, there there are practical points practical reasons to this as well but that's not what we were going to talk about in this story uh we were going to talk about how the fact that the extended operating hours will continue until 10 p.m it will continue to be seven days a week the only exception being christmas day oh that's very good of them it is it's lovely of them and of course (laughs) there's still the ulez on top of all of that there will be a reimbursement scheme still nhs staff are eligible for those that's been extended to staff nhs trusts ambulance staff and those who work in care homes located within the zone and it has also the patient reimbursement scheme has been extended to include patients vulnerable to coronavirus local authorities and charities within the zone can apply for reimbursements too so 
uh, there are some health-related exceptions to all of this. If you don't fall into any of those categories in the nicest possible way, tough, it seems. Yeah. I just feel the leaking of the it's going to go larger is it's sort of like the, I think it's called the Russian Gambit, where you give someone a really dreadful option mm. and then they so that means they accept the bad option <laughs> yeah but to to be fair tfl need the cash they really really do they don't have the millions of people that they need to fund to to fund the the transport system and and you know london is one of the very few one of the very few cities in the uk that has a full and proper public transport system where you don't actually need a car the bit that you need the car for, in, in my mind, to get to London is to get from here to pretty much the edge of the congestion zone. Mm. Yep. For as much as we knock TfL, I, I, I equally don't envy them. No, not at all. The tube is a fantastic system. Uh, the buses are, are, are good and actually fathomable uh, <laughs> with a little bit of practice and a nap. They do a, a lot of stuff, TfL, and I have a lot of time for them. I, I wish we could all just say, right, I can use public transport, because that's how it should be. Yep, definitely in certain areas. Right, mm. I am going to take us on to new news, and that is that Shell is going to end the supply of LPG at its UK forecourt. And it's saying that there is low demand, combined with the fact it costs so much to remain compliant in the forecourt to to actually store the stuff and supply it to us members of the public which is a bit of a blow for dacia i feel so well there's still plenty of other places that you can there are still a few other places where you can fill up with autogas but not but it's gen, generally not forecourts that's the thing for around our way the one place i definitely know that has it is a private petrol station and that's similarly that's how they around do. here but i i don't know of any of the major None of the major brands, even in their um, franchise system, mm. none of those appear to have it round our way. No, same same here. So it's kind of gone a. It went a bit of a, a sort of peak mm. because way back when when it was introduced, really in the UK. I mean, we had a we had a pump that was off forecourt and sold it to people, and then the local garage, uh, which was a Shell one at the time, so it was auto gas. Then they put one in and that uh, and, and started that there. And that, well, that was probably 20 years, just under 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. They did it, so we just got rid of ours because what was the point of footering around with us when you could just drive onto the petrol forecourt? Yeah, exactly. Navigate us through this next one. Uh, well, this next one is about everybody's, I don't know, I, I can never work out if it's favourite or hyped or, or most useful or any of these things. They have very good marketing. They have awesome marketing. They are really putting their VC money to work on this. Uh, it's what three words, which is a way of locating any, is it three meter by three meter? I've now had a moment of forgetfulness as usual. No, it doesn't say, but it's essentially split up the word, split up the world into a grid of tiny little squares. And each one is uh, located at a combination of three words. So for example, the headquarters of here which is uh, the mapping system that's used by Ford, Volkswagen, BMW, Land Rover, Hyundai, Kia, etc. Their headquarters is at memory.traps.lease, for example. We'll, we'll take you to there. And that is not just the building. That will be the front door of it. Mm. 
So it's it's everywhere has its its, its little grid. Uh, it's very popular with the the emergency services, provided you've got the app, of course, because it's easier than trying to give ordnance survey coordinates. It's popular with them for general members of the public to use. Yes, yes, exactly. So they're looking to integrate that into the here mapping, uh, so that you'll be able to use it straight into your um, straight into your nav system. I guess that's actually more important where you have in countries where, for example, the postcode covers a much, much bigger area than it does here in the UK. Because here in the UK, you can give a postcode and it's you around me, you've narrowed it to 10 houses. Admittedly, if you do it to my folks, then it only covers four houses, but it covers an area of two square miles or something. So it tends to be out out with urban areas. It can be quite useful, or somewhere like France, where your postal code is covers quite a can cover quite a large area. So I know the postcode of our my parents' house in France covers four or five villages. Mm-hmm. So being able to 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 give a three word location would be be helpful. There's a, there's just a couple of things with this that um, I'm not convinced by. Uh, one of them is I just think this is another licensing issue down the road for the OEMs. Uh, I really yes. do. I mean, it, it's like they're not watching what's going on with Daimler at the moment and Nokia, and because the What Three Words is a proprietary locked system that no mm. one has any access to. No one knows what their algorithm is. No one knows how they come up with these three words. And they have been very aggressive in telling everyone, use this for free, use this for free. What happens when it becomes ubiquitous? Because they obviously have to start making some money somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the challenge with, with something like this. Uh, and I know with before the car side of things, people trying to use it, there's there's many organizations that are not impressed with them for what they're mm-hmm. trying to do and how aggressively they're trying to do it as well. I'm also not convinced that it is... They're trying to say it's easier to put in than entering a traditional address. But I'm going to be honest, I don't understand how it's harder for me to go to put in a postcode and then a house number Yep. than it is for me to to try and get my car to recognize memory.traps.lease. Exactly. It really, as, as stuff, as... These as systems and as you know, sat nav systems and stuff recognize what you're typing and get shorter. And remember, the one in my car is pretty darned clunky. Mm-hmm. Even then, it will actually narrow stuff down incredibly quickly. Yeah. The other thing is, more and more cars. So the press car I've got this week, for example, doesn't have doesn't have sat nav. Mm. It does have CarPlay and Android Auto though. Yeah. I can prime it essentially via my computer or private when I'm sitting on the, the seat or, or from a, an address which is already there on the interwebs and just go, yeah, take me there. And it goes, okay, then, which route do you want to take type of thing? Yeah. And I go, uh, and away I go. Because they're, they're having to battle Apple Maps, which is getting so much better. Have you seen the latest? You probably haven't seen the latest version because you don't upgrade like I do. Um, as in, you don't necessarily do the updates within a month of them coming out like I do. Um, the latest version of Maps, it used to be an absolute joke. Apple Maps, and it was a bit random whether or not it would get you to within a mile, let alone a 
100 meters of where you wanted to go now it's bleeding good i well i i use it as my default the other one is of course when you're just using your phone as a nav system in a car which maybe has quite an old jack for your phone mm. it doesn't use up the same amount of battery power as say Waze does whilst being 80% as good yeah so i tend to actually use the nav from that too i've not i've not i've i used Waze a lot this summer which was perfect mm. even even in dodgy areas of coverage because mm. i knew the area enough to get to phone coverage or signal coverage yeah. and i knew and enough of the map had downloaded before we got into areas so i was always always okay mm. that and i i'm a bit of an odd character that i do actually carry a paper map with me in the car <laughs> just a bit of an odd character mate <laughs> Right, let's move on. Continuing with roads, though, but we're going to move on. Yes. Uh, and this is the fact that in October, Highways England were running a um, running an initiative, basically, where they were trying to clamp down on tailgaters. And within the first two weeks alone, they caught 10,000 offenders. These have been filmed using specifically set-up cameras. And what happens is that they will, once they've identified the address of the driver, they will send them a letter, which I think is an interesting tactic. They weren't looking to prosecute people, was, no. which was a, an interesting step. They were, they are sending letters out to everyone to make them aware of what they were doing wrong and how to, what they need to, needed to do and encouraging them to change their behavior. It's sort of like a delayed, if the Bobby was on the, on the beat and caught you, pulled you over and went, excuse me, sir, do you know that you were a bit close there? Do, do you mean it's education? Yes. That's what they're looking at, is education. Education and nudging, nudging people, mm. reminding. Whereas so much technology is now used in a very, you are okay, you are not okay, you will be pro prosecuted, they've used this with a human involved in there somewhere as well, mm -hmm. which I, I quite like. Yes. Yes, I agree. Anything that can nudge people to remind them to be better behaved. Because if you're nudged in that area, I think you'll probably start taking a bit more thought in just normal driving, the rest of your mm -hmm. driving. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. It's especially, I mean, there's a, there's an example in the motoring research story linked in the show notes about, about someone, and it's talking about a, a truck very, very close behind them on the M27. The, the, yeah, that's, that's horrible. I dislike mm. that. It's one of the reasons that they've upped the, one of the reasons that they've looked at how to up the speed limit through some roadworks to 60 is because then you're above the 56 miles an hour, 90 kilometer an hour speed limit on, on, on truck. So you don't get the same problems that there are at, at 50. Yeah. Uh, for, for this happening where people just, just sit on the cruise, but right up behind you. Yeah. Yeah, that is not nice. Only a fool breaks the two-second rule. Thank you. Next week, we have other public announcements to make. <laughs> Next week, Charlie says, stop stockpiling, you fools. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> right, that's the end of the first part. It is. It is. Uh, so a little bit of a change to, to traditionally Guilt Minute this week. Normally, 
at this point, uh, Andrew and I would have had a long discussion before the show and probably quite a long discussion after the show to plan what we were up to at the weekend and when we would be getting to Anglesey and who was going to be there first and who could get hold of the keys to the B&B and all these kind of things. And then Andrew would be planning where he was going to fall and injure his shoulder and uh, I was planning what retort I would give, which which demeaned the level of his injuries, but was just glad that he wasn't having a heart attack. <laughs> then, um, you know, these kind of things, the kind of stuff that happens normally when we go to uh, uh, Mission Motorsport Racer Remembrance. Obviously, it's not happening this year. It got cancelled a little while ago, which was was quite was quite a move of foresight, I think. Mm, yeah, on behalf of of all the team, uh, but. What it's given them is, is well, what it's meant is it's meant that they've had to cancel their flagship event of the year and their main fundraising push. Instead of that, this year, they're doing something called Your Race of Remembrance. There's a hashtag, Your ROR, and uh, many people are going out and they are fundraising over the course of the weekend uh, and it's not just people doing stuff so dave monks for example who is a a rolls royce ultimately bmw development driver is off doing a great long hike uh there are people doing a virtual online race instead of six hour i think yes uh, there's a whole load of stuff there's one one race for sure that's being streamed by a an organization that normally streams online races so they're going to have proper mm. commentators going through all that yeah. as well there's i know there's other people setting up online stuff as well uh, in in support sort of honor mm -hmm. of it there's lots of other bits and pieces you can even get it you can even support them by donating money when you buy coffee uh, from some places there's a list of lots of these things at missionmotorsport.org and it also gives you other handy convenient and quick and simple ways uh, that you can donate money to mission motorsport to try and help make up the gap in their funding especially this year because this year is a bit tougher yep uh the most for people um especially people who who are relying on comradeship and friendship uh you guys have been great so far this year one last little push everyone please that would be great yep link in the show notes mm, i think that was more than a minute but i think it but that i've absorbed the formula e news time because there isn't any formula e news this week no i'll go on to wrc though mm -hmm. and that's the the eep wrc event has been cancelled and that means there is only one more event in Monza. Yes, that Monza. <laughs> I was flummoxed when I first heard this, but no, they have set it up and it, it does look like it's going to be an interesting, fun one. But I think they have done it with a very big eye on a televisual audience as opposed to allowing many people to be there to watch, which, hmm. is, which is interesting um, because that may be a format that is pushed next year moving forward possibly possibly at the to, start, a, to anyway, a larger yeah. extent of some of these events uh, but anyway so what it what it does mean is there's four people technically in contention you've got elvin evans in front with the 14 point lead over sebastian ogier but mm -hmm. there's only 30 points left to claim however there are two hyundai drivers neville and tanak technically mathematically are still in contention however Toyota. however not realistic unless it goes catastrophically wrong 
for Toyota, which I, I, uh, we have commented nearly every event about how unpredictable WRC is, and that yeah, makes you it can't. I mean, what you're saying is completely possible. But I, I do feel that of all the events, this is the least catastrophically happening one because mm-hmm. of where it is and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's but it's see. but it's going to be fascinating because it's it's last chance saloon. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, all down four people in with a chance. Last event. It's just that's just utterly brilliant. It's like the last lap with three people trying to fight for a title and it's going to be awesome to watch and it's going to be super mm-hmm. exciting and good luck to everybody involved and I've got to say I've got my fingers crossed for Evans in this one. I really hope he he manages it. Me too. It would be absolutely fantastic to have a to have a British WRC champion. Right, take us to uh, some TV news. Quick plug for our mate, uh, the nicest man on television. Uh, television's Paul Carroland. <laughs> <laughs> that is how his numbers in my phone. By the way, <laughs> it's like Paul Carroland and then televisions. <laughs> so yes, uh, he and Helen Stanley are getting together a new show coming up on quest and it's about buying cars Mm -hmm. saving money and stuff like that it starts on thursday evening yep which is thursday the 5th at is it 10 o'clock i think it's quite late is that my imagination anyway it's the evening thursday the thursday the 5th on quest yep home of salvage hunters yes yes the home of interesting car TV, actually. They are expanding their lineup, aren't they? They are. They are. I, I saw, by the way, it's not in the list, but I saw that uh, Channel 4 are as well. They're looking to use the chaps from Love Cars. Yes. Love Cars TV. Yeah, I saw well. that that was going to yeah. happen. So that'd be uh, yeah. interesting to have Tiff back on and see whether he's whether it's the normal Tiff or whether there's a slight tweak to formulas and things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that that one I know has been the discussions for that have been going on for a long, long time because mm-hmm. uh, I, I ch- chatted to folk about that mm. some time ago. Right. I'm going to take us to a surprise mood board entry late on mm. in the day, uh, and the news that Luke Donkervolk has decided six months ago to leave Hyundai and will now come back to Hyundai. <laughs> I wa- so it's got this big magnet and they go boing. Yeah, and his picture on the autocar article makes him look like he's a Bond villain or something. Yes. <laughs> in his black shirt in front of a, a, a black background with some white drawing on it, <laughs> sketching on the back. It's just awesome. But first, I, I need to tell you what his job title will be because I think this is utterly fantastic. Mm-hmm. He will be Chief Creative Officer and Head of Design Communications for the Hyundai Group. That is a very long job title stand on your desk. Now, do you know what that actually means? It means you get to walk around all the design studios and go, don't like that, don't like that, don't like that. Well, he's primarily like going to be walking around the Genesis and the Ionic doing that. Because he's, and again I'm quoting uh, from the Autocar article, his role will be to push growth of both those brands. Now, this actually is quite interesting to me. I was thinking about this when I was reading the story earlier on. What I think is interesting here is that 
is that Dongvolt is has very much come from a, a background of low slash, relatively simple shapes and sort of fundamentals. So if we think about some of the things from his his background, so it includes the original Skoda Octavia and, Fa- and Fabia, mm-hmm. amongst others. The Audi A2, again, the, there's a thing going on here. The Lamborghinis Murcielago and Gallardo as well. Again, they're relatively low slash, low fuss, simple shapes. Yep. Here's hoping that that's something which keeps on. Yes. Hyundai and this and and maybe that's that it must be about due to come back again we're either going to see a return to simple shapes in car design or and that's as a reaction to all the slashy look how sharp we can fold this oh look it's Mm. a curvy bit guff that's going on at the minute or it's going to go totally over the top 1950s cadillac wings and spiky bits and all sorts of stuff and, and i just can't i just can't see us going down the sort of rocket ship era again so i think it's more likely that it'll go back and a little bit more graphical i, I think as opposed to yeah I, I think titting around the genesis and ionic brand allow that because the latest tucson has erred towards the slashy sharpy creasy bits it does i'd forgotten about that yeah, and and that's that's of its of its time, really. Mm. I guess it's one of those designs that works from certain angles. It's you're thinking about the the way that Lee and Nia would talk about it. They would probably say, "Well, that's that's definitely because of the way the CAD systems work, and that it looks great from some angles." Mm. So when you look at it, when you press the button in the CAD thing that makes it go to the three quarter angle. It looks great. When you press the button that takes it to the next three-quarter angle in the little animation, it also looks great. But when you stand there and look at it, you go, oh, that's a bit odd. Mm. If you're outside of those angles, and I think that that's what happens with the Tucson, and I think that happens with quite a lot of cars, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to be picking on Hyundai in this, not least because I've got the keys to one of those in my driveway. But, yeah, that, that it happens with lots of cars. Yeah, And just looking at his background it would be really nice if we could progress back to that kind of world of hey look this is actually a this has actually started out as as a thing as a solid thing we go back to mazda don't we if we if we're going to go mainstream cars that do that at the minute mazda is by far and away the most elegant solution for those sized vehicles whether they're premium whether they're Mm -hmm mainstream premium or whether they are more select mazda seem to execute it better than anyone else in in the simple form if you are looking for the simple form yeah and it's all about the reflection with mazda i i I cannot i i can't disagree with your argument at all i think you i think you're absolutely spot on but seriously one show hang on i know it it doesn't feel right (laughs) this beer tastes funny what have you put in it uh no there's but seriously i I think you're completely right Uh, i'm and i think genesis really needs that kind of thing because i think it is a little bit it has the there is the danger there that it can go all fussy yes because it's not some of the genesis stuff is a little bit on the edge the not a bentega um, one, for example, which we don't get here. Yeah, obviously. I think they have the opportunity to carve Genesis out by making it 
different enough, but you, I think you can do it in this. Oh, this, is, this is, again, we are we are more than available for consultant consultancy for any manufacturer if they so require. But, but from my point of view, I think there is room in that market now for something a lot simpler and more elegant. In particularly, if we're looking, if they're trying to push up the luxury brand as well, because the yeah. luxury brand is now it. The, that's where you would expect elegance and simplicity, and it isn't there. Well, yeah, you say that, and it, uh, do people actually still expect elegance and simplicity? That that's the challenge. Is yeah, to, I suppose. To I suppose that's that's my bias, isn't it? Really, as much as anything, it, it is because BMW. We all go, God, look at that earth wretchingly awful front end. Amongst other parts, <laughs> amongst other and all the other bits, yeah, and yet they're selling more than ever before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're doing something right. Yes. Might not be the right thing for us. No. It it might be quite painful for some of us who, you know, remember BMWs right from their childhood right through mm. to then look at it and go, God, you'd never choose that now. Mm-hmm. But that's that. That's, that's the way it is. Yep. That's the way it is. Yep. Lunchtime read, please. On which deep and meaningful matter we move on to other vehicles, which are the epitome of simplicity and uh, uh, simplicity and good taste. And we, by highlighting this article, uh, which is going to be the first in a series, it looks, from Graham Eason of Great Driving Days. Uh, And the series is called Not As Awful As We Like To Believe. (laughs) And part one is the Skoda Estelle, which is a car that, as a child, I thought was really cool because a friend at school, his mum had a couple. I, I think they're great looking, but just before you go any further... In the first picture, how tiny are the wheels? They're minuscule. So, you know, so my, so you know my, uh, my Mercedes mm-hmm. Benz, fifteen-inch <laughs> alloy wheels. Right. That's that's the same size as the Garris T Sport. And the ride's the same, obviously. N- yeah, no. <laughs> but look, they're tiny, but they've got sidewall. Sidewall. I am coming to learn. At the age of forty-two, is an important thing. <laughs> There's this thing called ride comfort. I know it's marvelous. Supposedly, isn't it? you get cars with. <laughs> Who I'm knew, Alan? Who knew? Who, I don't know. How have I gone so far without sidewall? Um, but yeah, that, that's that's what it is. That's a, that's why they're so tiny. It probably is. It's probably a fourteen-inch on there. I'd imagine it's not quite as small as thirteen. But I like these. His, um, yeah, Carol, uh, uh, Richard's mom, Carol had, uh, she had a couple of Estelle and then, uh, and then a Rapide as well, of course, which is the coupe version. Mm. Another friend of mine owned the, his first car was the, the former press car, the Skoda Rapide convertible. Oh, wow. Yeah, in blue. You'll see pictures if you, when people, drag out the pictures from from auto from the autocar road tests and stuff which i think are in black and white then no it, it's it's his car uh it's it's his it's his car that's photo photographed i actually think these are really cool it's you know it's 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 just clever the way they are rear-engined of course if you're not aware they're rear-engined the boot is at the front and the bonnet doesn't open sort of forwards or back it does actually open to the side mm-hmm. so the first thing that 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 people go look look 
They'd pop it, open it from the side, go, oh, look, it's broken. It opens from the side, and then throw the shop again, shut it again, and people would be like, what's he put that under the bonnet for? Because they don't look like they're rear-engined. No. But they are really cool. They're super simple. But they were from, you know, Czechoslovakia at the time. Well, it's it's a really good article, that, um, which is why Sorry, we've, I've we've, talked we've far too much about it. it because he, uh, Graham does explain <laughs> what it is, how it came about, and makes quite a case for you shouldn't lump it together with all Eastern Bloc cars of that era. There's a huge difference between one of these and a Zestava or something. Yes. Know? Or a Vortberg. This this were actually could actually be relatively competitive in the Western market as well, which is the big, big differentiator there. Anyway, sorry. I'll stop talking about that because I've... I've I, I, well, I haven't ruined... Hopefully I haven't ruined the No, you haven't. Don't worry. For the rest of you, but um, do go have a look well worth it and also yeah interesting aside andrew uh, do you want to take us on to the list of the week the ridiculous list of the week it is an absolutely ludicrous list of the week try saying that after a couple of drinks yes it's it's the some of the selected examples from sheikh hamad bin hamad hamdam al nayan i think I think. Uh, excuse me if I've pronounced that wrong. If Andrew only has one hand next week, you know what's happened. <laughs> yes, quite. <laughs> uh, but this is 42 slides showing examples from... And it is only a small selection from his car collection. You will get to see some rather interesting combinations made into singular vehicles. Seems to like a rainbow or an oversized version of an mm. existing car, which is which is fine. He he was known as the rainbow. He is also known as the rainbow shake. Mm -hmm. Is there one particular that leaps out at you, Alan? There are so many, and not always for the right names. But you know what? The one that I like is the Tilhol Tangara. Uh huh. Because I have seen them, but never knew what they were called before. <laughs> which is not one of the many, many Mercedes S-Class and SLs that are in here. But it is a 2CV based beach car, which is essentially some a sort of form of Mahari continuation. And his one's one of the very rare four-wheel drive ones. Yeah, it, that does look quite cool, actually. It is It is quite awesome. There's, there's, I think what's so cool about this collection is that it isn't all Mercedes and it isn't all... Rolls Royce, there are. It is so much of it is absolutely bat poo. Yeah, well, the the one I that isn't bat poo, but the one I really like is the Toyota Crown. Yes, I just, I just really, I'm, I'm fascinated that someone that could buy any exotic vehicle they liked. It's a bit mm. like with the one that you chose. They've gone for something that isn't. And there's there's quite a few like that. These yeah. crown, by the way, are fantastic looking things. The estate version that won the first para parallel pomeroy is an absolutely amazing looking thing. I mean, it won because of the way that all the the everything you know the the calculations and the, the calculations work because it wasn't the quickest <laughs> but it was a heck of a thing understood and these are really cool yeah they, they they are genuinely cool there there are some truly fascinating cars in here but there's also but it i i like i say i just love the fact that it is not either all monster trucks 
or ridiculous hypercars. Yeah. This is this is a person who clearly loves motor transport. And I think one of the coolest things about this is pointing out that there is there is still room for expansion. There's still room in the museum <laughs> for new stuff. But uh, yeah, and some and not it's not all in showroom condition either. It is some of it is very much used. Yep, absolutely. Right, take us to our Stepford wives and finally. Now this is a strange one. <laughs> it's a really strange one. It's it's from the drive, and I've now forgotten who it was that flagged this. I think it was Bradley Brownell from uh, Jalopnik, who who originally retweeted this, despite the fact it's on the drive, um, and and it's a town called uh, Mendham in New Jersey. Uh, it's got about six thousand people in it. Uh, and it's it's quite it's quite pirish, uh, and they, they don't say it like that because it's New Jersey. Um, but all the business, but the businesses have to merge in with the homes. They are strongly there. encouraged. There's no actual words, rules, but I would imagine unofficially things are mentioned that if you did do that, <laughs> uh, well, I, I think that I think that. Essentially, the franchises they they don't meet the planning rules, so therefore they don't, they're not there. I mean, they're showing off the fact that they have no Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, yeah, or franchises of any sort. But even there, the the car dealerships look like sort of these big, you know, big American suburban houses. I'm just going to try not to say McMansions, which then weirdly have have a, a, a Mark logo on it. Yes, my so house has been Audi sponsored one. by Audi. Well, that's what it's like. It's like this is a big dull house with the four rings of Audi across the front door and a, and quite a lot of cars on the driveway. Yeah. But yeah, it's all, you know, and it's all in with gardens and stuff. And there's, it's kind of funny. I, I, it's one of these things that then you look inside and it just looks a bit like a very low, squashed down, old school car dealership. Yes, it is. They just don't Which, have the, the double height, but basically yeah. it's it's laid out the same inside. <laughs> but but I can't decide whether I love or hate this. I'm not sure I like the you must not nurse. And I'm not sure like the fact that there's a quotation here. For the the and this is from the website for Men, Mendham Township. It says it retains its early character through its carefully preserved homes, farm buildings, and villages. These are living remnants of the township's past. Here, people worked where they lived in a natural setting, away from the dark satanic mills, quote unquote, of the big city, pursuing economic independence. A portrait of Americana. Now, ignoring the fact that they are far, far away from the dark satanic mills of northern England. Uh, which is what the original poem and, refers and, and to. And I don't believe this existed, did it? When the Dark Satanic no, Mills, because, you know, with America, not. history's like, what, 20 years? years. Something like that. <laughs> we've, we've had... That's ancient uh, history. Yeah, we, my family, we've owned houses that are older than their country. Uh, <laughs> not even a joke. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that I quite like it. I don't know that I like the attitude that surrounds it, but I think I actually quite like I it. I quite like the... Well, you're not just going to stick anything up. Yeah. And they've stuck to their guns. I don't like that it has to look like a house because mm. that just looks horrific. I think you could be more 
inventive than that. I think it could look like a mill building or even a, a, barn. Even a farm building, yeah. you know, a, a modern restored barn yeah. type look. I think they could go for that. Um, Which I think would be less twee. Yes. But I quite like the idea. Mm. So I wanted to rip the absolute P out of this whenever I first saw it. And then I read it, and then I put it in the list, and then I read it again. And I thought, mm, actually, I'm I'm erring towards quite liking this, but it's it's a good one. It's it's a little, it's it's a bit of a gem that one actually. Yep. Drive as ever. Link to all these stories will be in the show notes, so you can you can see the pickies. Yes. Uh, as well. That's us, I think. It is parish notes this week. Uh, the monthly Zoom Zoomers call was on Monday. I'll be a link in the show notes to the latest episode. Uh, we're joined by Johnny Smith off youtube these days formerly television formerly magazines man's done everything from max power to fifth gear which i think is is kind of cool um so he was a special guest there was a, a special very brief guest appearance with gordon the gopher as well i tell you what if you want to get depressed on holding an interview just watch him hold it with watch him hold interview it with, with uh with johnny's that was released today johnny with chris harris i haven't watched it yet it's it's wonderful and then just made, just made me want to cry as well. <laughs> I know one shouldn't compare or anything, but no, it was, oh, sure. God. <laughs> but he's, you know, but yeah, yeah. He, he, was, he, was, he was dead good company last night. Mm. Bit, bit of a laugh. The GR Yaris launch is this Friday. I will be at it. And after your after your antics on Twitter, you might not be able to drive anything, but you'll be at it. <laughs> be getting lectured at. I think that the the appropriate response should have been "Stop it! I like it." You know, I was being threatened with three and a half hours of technical presentation. Yes, they they, they thought that that was they thought that was a threat. It's, I don't. Yeah, understand. well, I sat through. I voluntarily sat through forty minutes of the presentation video link that had been sent out. <laughs> Yeah, yesterday. That's why I haven't listened to the latest Sniff and Smith, because I ended up with one screen showing the technical presentation on G.I. Yaris gearboxes and stuff. And I was like, ooh, that's really interesting. <laughs> so if you do have questions about that, I feel it's better if I extract the urine before anybody else does. Uh, if you do have questions that you want to know about, about that, then let me know before Friday, please, or on Friday equally i won't be able to answer straight away i won't be able to tell you about things until the start of next week and hopefully there'll be a couple of bits of content out of that yep uh, as well that's the plan yeah it'll probably be something rough and ready early in the week and then a proper chat later on last but not least uh don't forget about the race remembrance and your uh, race of remembrance stuff if you possibly can if you want to know why this stuff is important to so many people uh, go off, please, and check out Rear View. You can find it uh, at motoringpodcast.com slash rear hyphen view. Uh, and go to episode 50. Go back a few. Go to episode 50, uh, where Andrew, uh, who for some reason is bemoaning his interview technique, chats to to Jim Cameron about why Jim, why he started it, why it, it happens, what it does. Maybe want to just make sure you've got a tissue because the the air can get awfully gritty at times during that. There's one or two moments, uh, during, yes. During, during during that chat, yeah. Yeah, I, I listened to it driving on the motorway and, and so just about ended up pulling over because it was just like... Mm. But that's because I'm a complete and total sap and, and I'm not actually even ashamed of it. 
Anyway, that does us for this week. So don't forget, please, between now and next week, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts for the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget about our Patreon and all the other ways of supporting us, which you can find at motoringpodcast.com slash support. Uh, and please, if you would, uh, leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Uh, we do notice. Thank you very much for all the new ones. That's much much appreciated andrew before next week what's the best way to get in touch with you best way to get in touch with me is via twitter if you search for crack windscreen you find me there and alan if where is the best place for people to send the tidal wave of questions about the yaris launch you are going on this week uh you can send me the best place to send them to is to Crawley, probably. Um, but uh, you can send them to me first on Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B R A D L E Y. We'll be back before very long, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring. <laughs>